0: It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, September 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is talking New York Rangers and the Rookie Series today.
1: Yeah, I always like this time of year.
0: Yeah, we've got John Chick from Locked On Rangers joining us. Plus, we'll talk about the Rookie Camp roster and the Matvey mitchkoff loan all on today's show. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app, formerly known as Twitter at RMiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. As a show, we're on Twitter, Instagram threads, and Blue Sky at Locked On flyers. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A little bit of news before we get into our crossover with Locked On New York Rangers. Uh, Brian Boucher is going to join the Flyers broadcast as an analyst, uh, taking over for Keith Jones on the local broadcast. Uh, We did uh, know already that he was taken over on the national broadcast side of things, but good to see that we'll have Boucher in the booth this season. I love his analysis so much and he brings so much to a broadcast, so I'm glad we've got him here too
1: yeah brian's a good guy really knowledgeable i like the uh the goaltender point of view
0: yeah absolutely and then in the meantime as we're going to talk about uh with john uh rookie camp is just around the corner kicking off on thursday and we got the official schedule and roster from the flyers Uh, so the first on ice session will be on thursday at 11.30 a.m. in Voorhees. Uh, Then we've got a couple of days on ice. Then we've got the two rookie games against the Rangers and then three more days of rookie camp before training camp starts um, on the other side of that next week. Um, Looking at the roster itself, um, I think that you know, you always look to see about who was in development camp as an invitee that also now gets invited to rookie camp as well. And we had uh, four of those guys, three forwards and a defenseman. Uh, Jacob Goucher uh, was a Reading player uh, who was invited back. And Brendan Furry, who I think stood out a little bit at development bit. camp, right? Yep. And then uh, Jonathan Falchon, um on the forward side. And then Sam Sedley, uh, who was from Owen in the OHL on the defensive side.
1: Yeah. I mean, always good to have a fuller camp. So I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. And I do think, like, I remember all four of those guys specifically yeah. uh, fr- from watching development camps. So it's good to see them get another shot. Um, with the the Flyers organization Mm -hmm. heading heading into this upcoming season and you know as far as the main roster at rookie camp for the Flyers I think you know you always look for like who is maybe on the older side that you're surprised to see there but there's always one or two of those guys that kind of act as leaders and and kind of set an example for the other guys and I think you know um, Tyson Forster is that guy in this camp to a large degree, right?
1: Yeah, there's no question. I mean, he's pretty level headed. He had the NHL slash AHL experience, playoff experience in the AHL. So, no, he's definitely that guy.
0: Yeah, I I think so as well. And, um, you know, other than that, you you see, you like to see, you know, everybody get a, a fair shake at, at rookie camp. Um, I think one of the other guys will be interesting to see is Wills Mollick, who was a free agent Mm -hmm. signing, you know, where does he fit into all this on the blue line side of things? And, you know, we anticipate that he'll be on the phantoms, but like, what kind of role is he going to play?
1: I don't know. He was largely forgotten about last year. So I, I don't have a good feel. I, I mean, I, you know, he's got some ability, but i have no idea where he fits in
0: yeah and he's definitely on the older side as well yes. and then you know as far as other leaders adam Jennings, i think will be one of those guys on, yes. on the blue line side of things given his experience with the phantoms and i'm um, very much looking forward to seeing ethan samson and what he can do
1: yeah samson's fun to watch i definitely am looking forward to seeing him again
0: um anyone else uh that you're looking forward to just seeing if they stand out at this rookie camp
1: you know me. I'm gonna look at everybody, so I, I I can't just pick out one or two. I'm gonna be looking at a lot of different guys for a lot of different things. So I can't pick them out.
0: All right. Well, we'll force you to choose at some point, Russ. I know. But also on the forward side, uh, Elliot DeNoye, I think we will obviously have a lot of eyes on him in terms of mm-hmm. what he's looking like heading into this season. Bobby Brink, who we're gonna talk about a little bit um, with our friends at. Locked on New York Rangers. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, as far as the guys that may not stick around, uh, Denver Barkey is one who you know was just drafted. Uh, but again, just want to see how he matches up against everyone else uh, at camp.
1: We just want to see him. He was mostly yeah, hurt um, in every in every way, shape, or form when we had a chance to see him. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. And then the other kind of question mark, Samu Tuamala is back at, at rookie camp. And, you know, where is he going to fit in? And what what is his role going to be in terms of, you know, is he going to end up coming to North America at all?
1: He's supposed to be here. So I'm assuming he's going to be here. Uh, he has to have a great camp and he should be one of the top three scorers for the Flyers. If he's not, then we're going to start to question, like, what's his future
0: looking like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One more bit of news, and that is about Matvey Mitchkoff. And there had been rumblings uh, about him potentially being on loan simply because he hadn't gotten played yet in the first several games in the KHL. Um, Now it is official that he is on loan to Sochi, and so hopefully he can get some playing time there. But is there a disadvantage to him playing on that team um competition wise
1: well I, I i've been told so she's a little better this year than last year but yeah i mean he's not on a super team now like that's the, there is a difference there uh yes he'll get the playing time i know i'm not choosing sides when i know a lot of fans were, were just like oh this is the this is better that this happened because now he'll play yeah okay but he, you know he he's going to have some good players with them the thing is this there's going to be a moment and more uh, more than a few moments when he does come to north america and then he has to conform to north america in a hockey so if he goes to Sochi and he could be the man and he does all these great things that's fine but at some point he is going to have to play more defense be like a little bit better of a teammate so or at least because you know that stuff keeps popping up and you can't ignore it all where you know The coach is calling him like snobby or whatever. So, and and look, I was that way when I was his age. I was, I was brash. I came out of New York. I had, there were times I had an attitude in the work world when I was trying to work my way up. So, those kinds of things are natural for a young player. And we just have to deal with that by watching it and just letting it go. And that's all part of before he gets here is letting some of that stuff go. But if he gets here and John Tortorello is his coach, Don't think it's going to be just like this smooth, smooth transition because it probably won't be.
0: Yeah. I I think it is going to be interesting to watch. But again, as we've said, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Let's look at, you know, a large volume of information, more data, the better around his play. And so, you know, let's see how he does. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want you know. I want to see. I don't just. I'm not just looking for points. Everybody's looking for video clips to be wowed. I, I'm looking deeper than that. I'm just letting everybody know. When I'm watching video, I'm looking for more than that because I'm looking for what's going to really keep transferring. He's he's obviously got offense that's going to transfer, but there's more to it than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we do have those rookie series games against the New York Rangers kids this weekend. We're going to talk about it with John Chick of locked on New York Rangers coming up next.
1: Football season's here, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you get bonus bets for every victory. You could use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Take some time to visit FanDuel and include money lines, props, etc around your team
0: it's time for a, another metro division preview crossover episode today we've got the new york rangers and from locked on new york rangers john chick welcome john
2: yeah, thanks for having me, Rachel. I believe uh, we did one of these in the past. It might have been an in-season crossover, if I'm remembering correctly, but this is always a lot of fun, and uh, Russ, nice to talk to you here today as well. And uh, looking forward, we got, in one form or another, we got Ranger Flyer Hockey uh, on Friday and Saturday, so definitely looking forward to that as well.
0: Absolutely. We yep. thought this week would be the best week to do this crossover since our uh, our kids are playing each other this weekend. Uh, Just to start off, John, you know, looking at the Rangers at the end of this past season, like what was the general sentiment around the team and kind of what was the the goals that were set for this offseason?
2: Yeah, it was basically the uh, the polar opposite of the season before, because two years ago, you know, obviously a, a lot of people, most people, I would say, didn't even have the Rangers making the playoffs. And even the people that did thought like, well, maybe they'll squeak in, but they'll probably get knocked out in the first round. And, you know, they have that really dramatic series win against Pittsburgh coming back from 3-1 down, going all the way to the Eastern Conference Final, uh, you know, just two wins away from the Stanley Cup Final. And everybody's all excited uh, going into this past season. And, of course, the Rangers make a lot of moves at the deadline, not the least of which was Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. Really felt like they were a team that could do a lot of damage, uh, make a deep run and potentially even win the whole thing. And the playoffs couldn't have started any better. You know, you go into New Jersey and you crush them twice, 5-1 in both of those games And after that, I mean, long story short, it basically just fell apart and uh, people were not happy. You know, a lot of uh, star players and the Rangers just did not play well, did not get the job done. Uh, A lot of, um, you know, the Ranger fan, you know, anger has kind of been aimed at Artemi Panarin because he had a really rough series. Uh, Patrick Kane really divided the fan base right from the second that he got here. But overall, I mean, they just didn't get the job done. I I think the Devils were a little bit hungrier in that series. Um, But I also think in a lot of ways, you know, your season ends in disappointing fashion like that it just makes you look forward to the next one that much more. And, uh, you know, I, I think I can speak for all three of us when I say that I cannot wait for this rookie series and then uh, ultimately the start of the NHL season as well.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, John. I was at that game seven. I, I covered that one in New Jersey. And so that was an interesting um, dynamic. And and your, everything you said was right. You know, as far as this rookie series, what's nice about it is um, even though there's two organizations going in different directions, the Flyers could sort of look at this and know that the Rangers were in their shoes like two, three years ago uh when they, you know, had made the made massive rebuild and sent out the uh, letter and all that. Uh, I, I look at it and you know, the first guy I'm going to talk about is Brennan Othman. Cause I know there's so many Ranger fans that want him to, to play this year. And I just saw him up close at the rookie photo shoot and he's not physically there yet. Like I just, want to caution people if you want him to play his game the way he is going to play his game for his entire career then you want him to play in the AHL this year and build himself up and not have to worry about the NHL at the age of 20 i just don't think that's the right move i don't think they're going to make that move but i know a lot of fans are interested in that what's your uh, what's your take on that
2: i have a fairly similar take i mean in the OHL you know it's not just the points and the scoring and everything he is a a very physical player yeah. and somebody that's kind of a wrecking ball out there. But man, you go from the OHL straight to the NHL. I mean, that's, that's a hop, skip and a leap forward. And it is a whole different, uh, monster. And, uh, to your point, Russ, I think he's best served probably starting this season, uh, with the Wolfpack in the AHL, get some seasoning there. You don't have to force it. You know, you have a really good roster. You have a roster that, um, should be, uh, playoffs this season. And, um, Offman can come along at his own pace. If he goes to the AHL, completely lights it up, looks like he's ready then maybe that's a conversation we start to have, you know, midway through the season or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for him getting a little bit more seasoning in the AHL and just building his confidence, building himself up. And uh, to your point, again, just 20 years old. I mean, we've seen players do it. We've seen teenagers in the NHL, but um, again, there's just no real reason to force it right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching him, you know, continue his development, hopefully in the AHL. And then, uh, like I said, if he lights it up, then we can have that conversation a little bit later in the season.
0: Yeah, something that's interesting that connects uh, him to the Flyers is that his Peterborough teammate, J.R. Avon, um, is one of the more interesting Flyers rookie prospects that we're going to see this weekend. He was an undrafted free agent signing uh, to the Flyers after he had gotten a camp invite. And so these two guys will potentially get a chance to play against each other after just having this great run in the OHL uh and the memorial cup this past year
2: yeah it's interesting how that can happen I I was actually I had a similar question for for the two of you because you know a couple of years ago in the world juniors we saw uh team USA you know win the whole thing and I think um it was the third line or or maybe the second line but I think it was the third line for team USA a couple of prospects one for the Rangers one for the Flyers you had uh Brett Berard from the Rangers former fifth round pick and uh, Bobby Brink for the Flyers, I want to say a former second-round pick and actually uh, made his debut with the Flyers this past season. And um, they really clicked during the World Juniors. But the thought that I had watching it is, you know, it, it's all good now, but these two are going to be HR's throats in a few years if they're on the Rangers and Flyers. But uh, your thoughts on Brink, obviously, you know, a high draft pick and um, got a little taste of NHL action last season. Um, just just your thoughts on his development and what kind of role he could play for for the team this year.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. – He's a, a real interesting case right now because I, we are very enthusiastic about Bobby Brink and his potential, but he, I think, you know, is somebody that has need a little bit more cooking. He had an injury that he was coming back from this past season, and so we really only got like a half season of AHL time from him, and, and I think that he's just one of those guys that's going to have to start out in the AHL again. Um, but will have high potential for that call up as long as he can keep the momentum going that he built up toward the end of last season.
1: What I'd add to is um, like the way Brink and Berard play are complete opposites. And that's why they're good linemates because, you know, Brink is a guy that needs the puck and, you know, he can dish it, but he's a guy that generally needs the puck and he needs to, you know, get high, high quality scoring chances. Now, sometimes he does them in, um, in really tough ways, like he just doesn't care about his body. And he's he's gone through a lot of injuries. Berard's like that too. Um, so that's why they're, they're kind of like that way. I think this year is the biggest year for Brink because I don't want to say it's on the brink for him. But I think with the Flyers, it could be. Uh, I think he really needs to show that if he's not an NHL, or he is that next guy up, like Rachel said, and he needs to stay healthy and he needs to put points up. These things weren't necessarily around last year. And so you saw flashes. He, he's he got to do it more full time now, because I think otherwise he f- might fall victim to just falling further down the depth chart. Right now he's pretty high, but, and and the other thing is to the people that put out um, the prospect rankings, since Rachel did talk about J.R. Avon, he's in my top 10. I don't care if he's not in your top ten, but I think people need to watch a little more Jr. Avon just in
2: general.
0: Mm-hmm. We are big fans of his on this show, absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's funny how with with the prospects, everybody's kind of got you know their their sleeper guy or somebody that they just yeah. really like. And actually, you know, while we're talking about Berard, he's kind of become that for me. It just feels like for somebody that um, the Rangers took in the fifth round, like I always end up circling back to him one way or another. You know, he's having a big season at Providence, or um, you know, he's killing it in the world juniors or there was actually a uh, a charity game, a charity hockey game in Stanford, Connecticut, a little bit earlier this summer. Um, really, really nice thing. The shoulder check showcase. And he participated in that, along with a bunch of like, you know, players from the Rangers, uh, Kreider, Fox, Mika, they were all there. Barkley Goodrow was there. Um, even Trevor egress is there. So that was a cool thing, but yeah, he pops up every so often. And I'm uh, not the biggest guy out there, but you know, a feisty player, I don't know that he'll ever be a superstar in the NHL, but it is fun to sometimes root for, you know, these underdog players and, you know, just some of your personal favorites.
0: Obviously, you know, Gabe Perot is not going to be at camp because he's off to college, but um, You know, in terms of his development path, like what is that l- looking like? And you know, when do you anticipate seeing him with the Rangers organization?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say for sure. I, I want to say, I'm pretty sure he was asked about this and he talked about like maybe two college years. If I'm remembering this correctly, I, it's possible I have it mixed up with a different process. No, I think
1: that's what he said at the draft. I think
2: that's what he said, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for it. Look, if he if he goes to college and he dominates and he feels he's ready and uh, he wants to move everything along, then uh, that's awesome. I'm happy that the Rangers finally decide to take a right winger in the first round. I know in hockey and like even in other sports too, they'll say sometimes like, oh, just take the best player. Don't worry about like positional need, especially like in a sport like hockey where we don't see these guys for a couple of years. But uh, the Rangers, to me, right wing is where they've been the thinnest for quite a few seasons now. And, you know, a lot of people had Perot going maybe top 10 in this year's draft. He, he was a little bit polarizing, but man, when he kept sliding and sliding and sliding and he's still there for the Rangers uh, at 23, I'm thinking like, man, you know, I, I think they got a pounce here. You know, I, I know that some of the concern might be that he's not the biggest guy out there, but the talent is off the charts and you, know, you look at you know, different beat writers doing their top 10 reindeer prospects and lists like that. He's already like at or near the top of all these lists. And I'm very excited that they were able to, uh, to get their hands on them. And uh, luck was just kind of on their side the night of the draft that he fell as far as he did.
1: Yeah. What I could add about Perot, cause I'd seen him a lot live uh, last year was he, he's got all these offensive gifts that you want hands IQ passing, shooting uh, his skating is not great, but he does need to put on a lot of leg muscle. And so if you look at his legs, they're really thin. If he could build that up, that might help his stride, and that might give him more explosion. So that's why he knows he needs at least another year in college and then another summer to really kind of see where he's at that way. To me, it's all about him building himself up physically. The the other stuff's there.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. It's, it's a shame he's not going to be able to participate at this uh, prospect camp, but there will be more down the line at some point. And, um, you know, while we're talking about all these highly touted prospects, there's another guy for the flyers got to ask you guys about, um, he actually scored an overtime winner during one of these two games, uh, last season for anybody that needs a refresher flyers won both of these last year. They won two, one in overtime and then also five, one, but the first one, uh, Tyson Forrester scores in the overtime period, uh, another young player who got a taste of action with the flyers this past year. I want to say it was seven points in eight games somewhere in that ballpark. So. Um, Small sample size, but obviously passive flying colors last year. And um, do you expect him to be there at the start of this NHL season with the Flyers? And and what are your expectations from him?
0: Oh yeah. I think, you know, if you look at all the Flyers prospects, um, he is the one and we did a listener poll about it as well. uh, Got the highest percentage of most likely to make the team this upcoming season. I think uh, of all of them, he's the most ready uh, to do so and make that jump. He really, showed at the end of this past season that he could fit in I think he's working well with John Tortorella for the most part and so I think that's also a benefit (laughs) right now and uh and you know he just kind of brings a quality where he's kind of do he's does what he's told serves the role that he's asked to play and in a Tortorella system that's what you got to do.
1: I did speak to Tyson at the uh, Rookie Showcase. We did put up some of that video on uh, the Locked on Flyers YouTube page or or Instagram. I can't remember which one it was on. Maybe both. Um, but he did talk about Tortorella. And he there is a mutual respect there because John sees that. Like he's a developing player with a big body with a great shot, and John likes his shot. So, because he likes that shot and he sees that nobody else on the team may be able to score like that in the future, he's going to give him a lot more benefit of the doubt than he would other players. So, you know, Tyson's going to be there. He's going to be there in preseason. He's going to play all the preseason games. And then I think they'll start to decide where his game is at and maybe even give him a few more at the beginning of the year. Uh, the one thing that Tyson said to me that was really smart was that he he talked about the Phantoms run, and he did talk about how that really helped him. And that, I think, is bigger than the eight games he played in the NHL last year because he got to play in the playoffs, got to feel like a winner. And let's face it, there's a lot of Flyers that don't know that feeling right now. And so that's a big thing for him to kind of carry up with him.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I definitely, you know, it's kind of an interesting situation with these two teams right now because we've got a, a former Ranger coach coaching the Flyers, <laughs> and a former flyer coach now coaching the Rangers. And it's funny. I don't know if you guys remember the road to the winter classic show. I don't even know if oh, they yes. still do that. But yeah. Yep. Great show behind the scenes stuff is awesome. But uh, that was the case at the time, you know, Tortorella was coaching the Rangers and Laviolette was coaching the flyers. Um, I figure I got a couple of questions about, um, you know, Laviolette obviously going into this season.
0: We've got more flyers Rangers talk coming up next.
2: All right. So yeah, Peter Laviolette, what can you tell us about him? Obviously, a little bit of an up and down tenure with the Philadelphia Flyers, um, goes to the Stanley Cup final the first year there as a seven seed. And uh, you know was in the playoffs the next couple of years after that. And then it kind of fell apart the last couple of years. But um, yeah, what do you remember, uh, first of all, from Peter Laviolette taking that team to the finals? And what do you think his strengths are as a head coach?
0: I think he's, um, fiery is a word I would use to describe him. Um, he's very intense as well. And I think you saw that uh, in his time with the capitals, that he's just kind of a, a guy that is has such tunnel vision as to what he wants to accomplish. And I, I also think that he's really good at using the right players at the right time. I feel like he really knows how to get the right matchups. Um, and uh and make sure that the team is in the best position to succeed um but you know i think as is the case with many coaches there's just a burnout point that you have with every team that you coach there where you just can't do anymore and he had reached that time in washington but i feel like he's coming into new york at a similar kind of juncture as he did when he when he got to washington I think less so than with the Flyers who were in a much more of a tumult situation when he took over um than you know just coming into Washington as a team on the rise with a superstar.
1: Yeah, what I could say is um and I'll give a quick cheap plug um people could buy my Winter Classic book at amazon.com but I've covered both those coaches a lot cuz I covered all the Winter Classics mm-hmm. and and also in season and what Laviolette will do for the Rangers is he'll unlock Panarin. He'll let Panarin basically do whatever he wants so he can get him back on track and he'll try and push those rookies with open ice play and, and see what he can get out of them offensive wise. Now maybe not Kako because he's a, he's really good defensively. So I don't know if there's as much offense to open up there because he's so good defensively. So he may get a little less offensive chance than someone like um, Lafreniere, but, uh, He's fiery, you know. Everybody remembers him throwing the uh, jelly jar against the wall with the Flyers. So he's gonna have these moments. He's unafraid. Like I remember him telling Ilya Bridge that he wasn't gonna be the interclassic starter, and Bridge Galloff like stormed out of the uh the area that we, we didn't get to see the how they were talking, but we got to see Bridge Galloff right after And He wouldn't speak to the media, he was really ticked off, and that actually that probably started a chasm with with bridge Gallop and his flyers career, but Laviolette didn't care. Like he, you know, Bob was his guy and that was his guy. So he's that way. And I think in a way that's good for New York because he's not, the area is not going to be too big for him.
2: That makes sense. And, um, you know, something that you actually, you both kind of touched on this a little bit, but, um, LaViolette and his track record with young players. There, there's kind of been some mixed reviews of that, and I've done a couple of crossovers with, uh, we talked to Locked On Predators, and we talked to Locked On Caps about um, you know his tenures with those teams. Um, but, you know, obviously he's been to the finals three different times with three different teams, and a lot of those rosters, you go back and look at it, there's some young players in those rosters, guys that um, in, in many cases went on to have great careers, and in some cases are still having great careers. So, and you mentioned, you know, Lafronier and Kako, but is this a good coach for, you know, a Ranger team that still has a lot of young players and a lot of guys that are still trying to find their way in the NHL a little bit?
1: And we're gonna find out. Uh, that that's yeah, a dirt. great question. We good don't know the answer to that.
0: Yeah, I think also he's a lot different now than he was back then. And so maybe then he would have been more balanced with the the vets versus the young players. He's a little bit more set in his ways right now. And so that dynamic could be a lot different now than when it was when he took over the the flyers i think the same can be said for john tortorella i think like you know he's just there's the same fieriness but a kind of different method to the madness
2: yeah well with torts i mean and you guys are are well aware of this i mean you watch hockey and you just went through year one of john tortorella with the flyers but um yeah he, he's not somebody that's very subtle or you're gonna wonder what he's thinking or you know what the deal is um obviously you know he's he's gonna always speak his mind out there and um, for better or worse, he's he's always going to be himself, and he's going to do things his way.
0: Um, looking at the the Rangers side of things, like what are the expectations for Laviolette and for this team this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the expectations haven't really changed. You know, the fact that they made it to the Eastern Conference Final two years ago, when everybody thought they were still kind of rebuilding, that uh, really elevated the bar and really raised the expectations. I think uh, from the players. And, uh, you know, the front office and and the fans alike. And I don't think it's going to be any different this year. I think, you know, people really expect the Rangers to be a team that's going to be one of the last couple of team standings and make a serious run at this thing. Um, We will see. Um, Obviously, you know, they couldn't afford to bring back Tarasenko and Kane. I mean, I guess you never know what Kane. He's still out there. And um, that's going to be an ongoing storyline to track, you know, even after the season starts here. But um, They don't really have any salary cap space, so it's hard to see that happening. But, you know, with the, with the little amount of cap space that they had this offseason, I thought they did a pretty nice job uh, pulling in Blake Wheeler. I mean, yes, he's older now and not the player that he once was. But when you get Blake Wheeler, who just had 55 points for a so-so Jets team, when you get him for just 25K over the minimum, uh, I think you got to do it. Uh, especially again, you know, it goes back to what I talked about earlier, Rangers being thin at right wing. Uh, so I thought that was a nice pickup. Jonathan Quick, I mean, you know, obviously he's on the back nine here, to to put it mildly, but I'm hoping that, you know, being in a backup role, less wear and tear, um, less, you know, expectations from him, I think he can do a decent job as the backup goalie. And just to name one more real quick, you know, bring in Nick Bonino, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and um, just kind of a hard-nosed, grinded-out kind of player. I think the Rangers could use a few more players like that, and kill some penalties, uh, center of the fourth line. So, overall, you know, I I think they did a, a pretty nice job, and, um, in addition to everything that I just said, the, the main core is back, you know, a couple of guys left in free agency would have been nice to have Tyler Mott back. He goes to Tampa. Um, but overall, you know, the, the main players are still there. So you've got that going for you. And then you also hope you keep your fingers crossed it. You know, this is the year that Lafreniere and Kako, specifically a couple of other young guys as well, you know, take that next step forward and, um, really become the players that people are hoping and expecting, uh, that they will be. So expectations definitely still very high for this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just interviewed Will Cully at the uh, Rookie Showcase, and even though he may not be playing in this game, he said the expectations are still the Stanley Cup, like he flat out said it. And he knows it, and his his spot's in jeopardy, and I think it's in jeopardy because of Benino. And I, I don't know if Benino has it anymore. Uh, you could have, if it were me, and again, I'm the best coach in the league because I do it from here, uh, you could have put Goudreau at center, and you could have put Cully in there, and then you could have probably kept Tyler Mott as well. I think Ranger fans still would have been happy with that. Now I think Cully almost has to has to start the year in Hartford, which isn't the worst, worst thing in the world, but I think he's really close to actually helping the team, and so that's the thing that kind of makes it hard for them, but yeah, Cully's a guy to watch. I I um I think he made a big step over this last year.
2: Yeah, I, I like him as well, you know, physical player and has some offensive skill to go along with it, and got a little cup of coffee with the Rangers this past mm-hmm. season, ended up playing in four games with them, got into a couple of fights, Uh, you know, showed that he's going to be a physical player, and um, we'll see. You know, obviously, the fourth line right now. I would think Goodrow is probably going to start on the third line, and the fourth line you're looking at uh, VZ Bonino and Pitlick. Maybe at some point, you know, he squeezes somebody like Pitlick out of the lineup. Um, you know, former Flyer, there, former yeah. everything is Tyler Pitlick. Yeah, but, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. He, he,
2: he's played forever, for just about everything.
0: He's every a team. great guy to know about for puck Doke.
2: Yes, yes, he is. He definitely is. So uh, I did notice uh, Rangers and Flyers. Their first matchup is actually the day after thanksgiving so i don't know how you guys are gonna be feeling that day or how i'm gonna be feeling but i mean if you guys are up for another crossover you know i'm probably game if you guys are
0: yeah sure yeah i love the the tradition of the flyers rangers post thanksgiving afternoon game
2: always fun Um, yeah yeah Yeah.
0: always a a good time for sure can't wait all right, once again thanks to john chick from locked on new york rangers uh, it's always fun getting to talk to our fellow metro division hosts around the network
1: yep always fun uh you know we always trade information it's always uh good for everybody good for us good for the for the listeners
0: Absolutely. Uh, just a reminder, there's still time to vote in our summer poll on the first flyers goal in the rookie series this weekend. There's a link to that poll in the show notes. Also, we are going to be back to five shows a week starting next week. So we'll have our Friday show where we'll preview the two rookie series games in more detail than next week, five shows a week back to the daily grind. Hockey is back. Gotta love it.
1: Yep. Yep. Great time of the year.
0: As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. We'll have our mailbag on Friday as well. So send in your questions via Twitter at on Flyers. You can email us at Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.